This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. to hour two of the program. Sportsnet today live from the Sportsnet 960 downtown studios. Brought to you by our good friends at the uh, Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. I'm Logan. She's Taylor. He's Cam. Hour one filled with playoff talk. Leafs Panthers tonight. Can the Panthers complete the three game sweep? And send Toronto into total chaos offseason mode. Could very well happen. Young Joseph Wall gets the start in net for Toronto. And then up the road in Edmonton. 8 o'clock puck drop. The Golden Knights with a chance to go up 3-1 in their series against Edmonton. Before heading home to Las Vegas for game 5. Oilers need a rebound performance after game three did not go their way. Perhaps uh, some more five-on-five play to equal things out if you're the Oilers. We'll see what happens in that one. You can watch both the games on the Sportsnet Television Network, or of course, we'll have both of them for you here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, we will join Vegas and Edmonton immediately following Toronto and Florida. We gotta get three hours in between to uh, to get there too, so should be fine on the uh, radio side of things tonight. But uh, if you're out and about and uh, want to keep up with what's happening on the NHL schedule tonight, uh, feel free to tune in here on Sportsnet 960. The fan last night to uh, decisive victories, the Carolina Hurricanes six one winners over the New Jersey Devils to take a three one series lead, while the Dallas Stars. 6-3 winners over the Seattle Kraken. A four-goal second period. Harley, Domi, Pavelski, and Hintz. All helping Dallas to a victory. Just 19 shots on goal for Seattle in the loss. Although they did get three past uh, Jake Onger on those 19 shots. So uh, that series now tied at two as they head back to Dallas for game five in just a couple of days. So that's the NHL playoff scenario uh, heading into today. But for Flames fans on a local front, uh, still wondering what's happening with their team. Of course, the biggest news uh, this week coming out that they would indeed select 16th overall at this year's NHL draft. And who gets to make that pick for the Calgary Flames? Still unknown. Interim GM and President of Hockey Ops Don Maloney speaking to Flames TV following the NHL draft lottery said we are hopeful that we have a GM in place in the next couple of weeks as we will get together with our scouts, finalize our draft board. Would love for the new GM to be in place for that. Who that GM is, though, we really don't know. It's been a quiet process for the Calgary Flames, one that's included a couple of names from NHL insiders, Elliot Friedman, 
Sportsnet has thrown out the name Mark Hunter as a guy that's going to be on the list. Frank Saravalli, who in his weekly chat with Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk yesterday, uh, confirming once again that the Flames are one of the interested teams in former Chicago Blackhawks GM Stan Bowman. Uh, Stan would, however, need uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman's approval to be reinstated into the league. Uh, after his involvement in the Kyle Beach scenario with the uh, situation with the Chicago Blackhawks. So um, plenty of Flames fans feeling one way or another about the Bowman conversation. I can totally understand that. But outside of that, it's been a pretty quiet process, but one that you think is going to pick up over the next couple of weeks for sure. We know the in-house candidates of Conroy and Pascal will have been in this conversation, may have interviewed for the job already, but... Uh, so far, it's quiet on the GM front for the Calgary Flames. Like I said, expect that to change in the next little week, in the next little while here, because uh, if Don Maloney does indeed want his GM in place for those scouting meetings coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, it will mean a hire is sooner than later coming for those Calgary Flames. Uh, one guy always on the Calgary Flames beat uh, and uh, following this GM story, Eric Francis from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. He joined the guys in the morning with Russick and Rose. Uh, to dive into all things regarding the Calgary Flames and their GM search and uh, just where it's at. Francis recently sitting down with Don Maloney and uh, asking him about the GM search. When does he expect to come, have something come into place? Who could that be? Uh, not a ton of answers, but uh, some clarity from Don Maloney, no doubt. Uh, here's Eric Francis with Russick and Rose a little earlier today, uh, diving into all things Calgary Flames and their GM search. Uh, are you hearing anything about time frames about a new GM? Are you hearing some names? What are you hearing right now in the GM search? Listen, I thought we agreed. No tough questions today. Okay. So that's why we, we absolutely did not agree on that. We absolutely did not agree oh. on that today. Okay. Okay. My bad then. Uh, you know, I, I sat down with Don Maloney the other day to do a, a feature and, uh, and of course threw in, you know, I had to ask the question about where it's at. And he basically just said the process is moving along. I said, well, have you, have you started interviewing guys? Is the list complete? Where are you at? And he wouldn't tip his hat at all. So uh, I think that's the best way for them to try and keep this as quiet as possible. Like pretty much anything, as, as much as I hate that as a journalist, and we all hate that as broadcasters. But, uh, you know, and, and names are going to pop up, no question about it. And I've, I've spoken to several people who I know have been in touch with the Flames about the GM jobs. There's a lot of obvious candidates out there you know I, I i have to tell you when i did my my radio show monday i just threw out there you know and you guys do the same thing i think this club's gonna have a real interesting pr nightmare if they don't hire craig Connery. and hmm. and you don't hire a gm based you don't hire a gm just because of the pr fallout or popularity that's that's the worst thing you could do but I, i'm just saying if you don't hire them that's going to be the bigger story, or as big a story. Whoever comes in, that'll be a story. And then the second story will be, why wasn't it Craig Conroy? And, and, and that's just something they got to deal with. And they've handled, they put out fires like this for years. And it's fine. They can do it. It's just that that, to me, is going to be a real interesting part of this whole exercise. You know, if you don't hire Conroy, how do you handle it? Is that more because people assume that if Conroy's an ex-GM, that Jerome McGinley will be part of the organization eventually? I think, I think, I think that's part of it. That's a sure sexy, uh, you know, and I think Jerome made it pretty clear he's not, he's not interested this year. He's got one more year with his kid. But, but after that, I think it's wide open and a very real possibility that Jerome would come and join 
Craig Conroy. But again, if they spurn Craig Conroy, then I don't think there's much chance that Jerome would come here for a long time, if ever, because he would take that a little bit personally too, I think. So that's how tight he is with Craig Conroy. So anyway, it's not something that's going to keep Don Maloney up at night, but it's something I think he needs to be aware of. Are are people around the league hoping Craig Conroy gets his job because he's kind of paid his dues franchise? Yeah, I think so, because he's also, I'm not sure there's anybody around the league who doesn't like Craig Conroy. Uh, Mm. I mean, I always tell the story. I mean, he fought Jerome McGinley before they ever became teammates and they still made up and became best friends. So like, there's nothing you can do, right? (laughs) Nothing Conroy could do for you to not like Craig Conroy. So I do think he's popular around the league, but I also think around the league, you know, everybody's got their bias, right? I talked to guys down south, and they all, they're pointing to certain people that are due for this job. You talk to people all over the league, and they, they all have different ideas of who it should be. Uh, but you talk to anyone in Calgary, and the answer is pretty simple. Michael Backlund has kind of been in conversations lately. Um, you know, there was the, the clip that came out from that Mackenzie Weger early, interview earlier on in the week. Um, if he sticks around, if he ends up signing that extension, do you throw the C on that jersey right away? I think, yeah. I. It's a very real possibility. I mean, to me, I'm assuming Backlund won't be back here, and that to me would mean – Rasmus Anderson's your captain. Mm-hmm. That to me is a pretty obvious one. I, I don't think it was obvious at the beginning of the year, and I was, you know, I was fully in favor of not naming a captain. But, but I think the way Rasmus stepped, stepped up again as a player this year—I mean, he wasn't as good as the year before—but the way he stepped up for every interview after every loss, this guy's a leader in so many ways, and he's got a long-term deal. So, so yeah, I think you've got an interesting debate. If Backlund signs an extension, is it Backlund? Or is it Anderson? That that. Uh, but I can tell you one thing: they will name a captain. They realize, as an organization, that that was a bit of a mistake over the last little while not having a captain, and that's something they'll rectify right away. Do you think that's something where you know it would be part of a negotiation, or is that something that maybe they just wait till training camp and just see how things lay out? Yeah, I I don't think you would just say they signed with an extension on July first. I don't think you roll him out with the C on his jersey that day. I think you go through training camp and you just, you know, you got to give the new coach a chance to look at all his troops and see how they interact with one another, who's the real leader in his mind. I I think it absolutely – I think it's a a bad message if you give him a C without the coach, the new coach ever seeing him play a single game behind the bench. So, you know, I think you definitely wait till camp. Is there any way, Eric, that maybe there's a coaching candidate out there that the Flames want that a coach is hired before the GM? Is there any chance in hell that happens? Like a coach so enticing that they hire him before the GM? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no chance. I mean, they've already gone down this path where <laughs> well, it's an interesting scenario for sure, but they've already made it very clear. And it's, it's kind of like how, you know, when I asked, is there any chance tree living would come back now that Sutter's gone? And uh, I thought he was going to leave the door open for that possibility, but he slammed it shut pretty quickly. And it was actually the right thing to say and do. And so same, same as this, you can't say you're going to hire the GM uh, to find the coach and then hire a coach and go, Oh, sorry, we just changed our mind. Cause this guy's so good. I think that sets you up for another PR nightmare. Um, is, is the cost of a coach or a price of a coach 
going to be a big part of who they hire here because of the amount of money they're paying Daryl Sutter to sit on the sidelines? Such a good question, George, especially since this organization has really, until Daryl never really, really shown a desire to spend big money on a coach. You know, you, you know that's a criticism from fans for a lot of years that they kind of they, they cheap out when it comes to the coach. And I, I'm not sure that's fair, but, but history will show when you look back over the years. You know, other than bringing in Mike Keenan now one year, uh, and I'm not sure you paid him big, huge, huge money, but at the end of the day, don't go out and get the big, big name that everybody's kind of talking about or hoping for. And I'm not sure it's just because of the price, uh, but boy, you're right. Having, you know, after having to write a check for $4.2 million each of the next two years for Daryl, that may also further curtail your ability to go out and spend big on a coach. But I actually, that said, you know, this is a GM who's going to come in and he's going to say, I want this guy. And it'd be hard for the owner, I think, to say, yeah, you can have everybody but that guy because he's really expensive. I think you got to give this GM whoever he wants. All right, I've had enough of the hard-hitting stuff. Um, you read a study the other day that said the Saddledome had the cheapest beer. I don't believe this. Can you explain? These betting sites put out studies just to make deadlines, and it works every time because suckers like me fall for it. But <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. They, they look at – and I hate giving them when it's so stupid, but they rank every ring in the league based on four, four criteria – uh, you know, the price of beer, how close you were to public transport by walking, how close you were to the nearest restaurant by walking, and I can't remember what the other criteria were, but I thought it was, it was silly. It was a silly quartet of criterion. And it said that even though the Flames are the furthest from public transport in the National Hockey League by walking, according to their study, it's 18 minutes to get to that LRT stand. I think you'd have to be pretty drunk on that cheap beer that's, for it to take 18 minutes. That's a shambles. To the LRT, but, yeah. but the old the foamy beer sure could hamper that. <laughs> but they said it was 44 cents an ounce for Flames beer compared to the league average, which is 84 cents, compared to like Colorado, which I think is a buck 32, or Nashville's a buck 32 an <laughs> ounce. That's in American, that's in American, American dollars. So I think that's part of why Flames are on the cheaper side. I don't think anybody's ever left a Flames game going, wasn't a great game, but boy, that beer was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, nope. But, so the Flames ranked, the, the Saddle Dome ranked 19th overall, which I don't care what your criteria is. That's just ridiculous right there. <laughs> yeah. But it was the beer, the beer thing that really bolstered them. And uh, take it for what it's worth. I didn't do a study. I don't generally drink beer in the press box or while I'm doing the broadcast. Generally? Wait, what? <laughs> you no, said... I'm a hum guy. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got my Mickey. Yeah. Um, like Sutter, it's in the cowboy boot. Yeah. With the flask. With there the you go. A lot of people say, a lot of people think that that's, you know, 44 cents an ounce doesn't add up to what they pay. I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what yeah. uh, one of these sports betting sites said. I, I was at BMO Field in Toronto, uh, Eric. Um, there was my buddies and I. I bought a round of six tall boys, $86 without tip. $86. And I, I had to say the old, excuse me? Pardon me? Uh, excuse me? 
Also, uh, I'll tell you another yeah. price, uh, Eric. Uh, you, uh, a lot of people don't realize this. Uh, you did two weeks with myself and Dean Blundell in Toronto uh, a while back. Um, you came in and co-hosted yeah. the show with us. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Dean and I did a, uh, we did a Maple Leafs game, and it was like Sportsnet 590 The Fan Night. So Dean and I were drinking. I was drinking double gin and sodas. He was drinking double vodka sodas. No word of a lie, one round, two doubles, Eric was like $75 at the ACC at the time. (laughs) And I look at the debit machine, I'm like, are you kidding me? It's $75 for just two doubles? That was absurd. Yeah, and and I think people who've ever gone to any rink around the league have all all have stories about talk like that. I want to flip it on its ear. And How many times have you bought a round and you're like, oh my God, that was only... $18 $18 for four butters. The last time that happened to me was Nashville. And yeah. Nashville's changed a whole ton over the last five years. It's now one of the most expensive places in the world. But but five years ago, you could still go into a relatively well-known hockey town and get reasonably priced beer. Again, that's gone now. Mm-hmm. People have missed the boat on that. But that's the last time I remember. That's a good question to ask your listeners. When was the last time you bought a round of drinks somewhere, anywhere, I said, oh, my God, that's actually quite reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. Uh, it's not the uh, $2 well, Wednesday drinks uh, back in my youth at the Daily Planet in Niagara Falls. Yeah. $2 mixed drinks what, franchise. Quarter draft night at Cowboys? You just get a whole tray of I don't draft know. for like two two yeah. fifty. How do they even make money on that? How is that even possible? They're like six-ounce cups. Like Okay, but still. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, it's, oh, no. It's a, it's a lot leader. They make the money on the pizza at the Cowboys. There you uh, go. You ever had the Cowboys pizza? Boy, oh, boy, so good. Okay. Well, I, hear uh, the I got a story about that. Okay, go ahead. A very, very well-known household name in Canada. Used to be closely tied to the CFL. Broadcaster. Still broadcast. Still great at what he does. Still a great guy. He came uh, years ago with the original Cowboys, and I took him out to... Uh, uh, you know, 25-cent draft night because I used to go every week, and I brought him along. And he could not believe, you know, like that literally a tray was 25. You know, he'd bring out trays, just continually bring out trays, and it was 25 cents a drink. He didn't pay for me all night, but he just couldn't believe how cheap it was. So he was back in two weeks later, and he was so excited. He's like, I'm coming back, and I'm going to be there for, for a cheap draft night. Let's go again. And Anyway, it comes to time to buy a round. And generally speaking, like, uh, she'd buy a tray out, and we'd just give her 15 or 20 bucks right, for a tray, and then she'd keep them coming, and everybody wins. It was his turn to buy a round, and he had clearly prepped for this night, and he left Toronto. He had a massive, massive pocket full of quarters that he had obviously <laughs> dug out of his, uh, his jar. Oh, no. And he started, he, he started counting them out on the tray. 25, 50. He's looking oh, up there like, how many? How much? He, 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 he's like, how much? He's like, well, 12. And, and she'd never really done the math because no one really ever paid like 25 cents a draft. He just rounded up big time and yeah. everybody's happy. Anyway, she's like, um, $3. He's like, okay, okay. Here's, okay, dollar $50, $75. <laughs> and at the end, at, at the end, he slid her an extra dollar. Oh. We're horrified. Oh, he thought he was doing a solid, and actually walked away. One of the guys in the group went and gave her another ten bucks or something like that. And sorry, he's not from around here, 
But uh, I won't name him. He's a great guy. He's not a cheapskate, but he just didn't get the landscape here in Calgary for 25 right. cent draft pick. That's a tough one. Um, I know uh, you told us uh, your boys you play hockey with on Wednesday mornings like to hear what's irking Eric. Are you ready for another edition of What's Irking Eric Francis? Sure. Uh, Alex, are we ready for the production? Ooh, on point today. Tight. Time to find out what's irking wow. Eric right now on the big show. Any of you guys watch Succession? No. Not yet. I plan on, on it. Right now. Okay. On my list the last several years is like maybe the best series I've ever seen. Like top five okay. for sure. But and I guess I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil it for anybody who wants to get into it, but I have never in my life gone from loving a series to absolutely detesting it like I have in this final season. Really? Okay. Wow. Okay. It it there's a jump the shark moment and it's just killing me. To the point, I gotta finish it. I have to finish it. Right. But it is so painful, and I wonder if there's anybody else watching who feels the same way. I know my wife and I are like, "Oh my god, this is just absolutely horrific. I can't watch another minute, but I have to. I have to." So I, it's been bothering me because you get so excited about certain series when they come back, and you sit down and you start to binge them, and you can't wait to watch. And it's this one is just the worst turn of a series that I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if anyone else agrees, and I hope I'm not spoiling it for other people, but maybe I'm doing you a favor by letting mm. you know it gets real bad in the final season. There you go, Eric Francis, Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, joining the guys in the morning. Uh, a little bit of what irks Eric at the end there, but yes, lots of Flames talk and lots on the GM front with Don Maloney at the beginning there, and uh, wondering still out loud, Eric was about whether or not Michael Backlund would be back. Would a captaincy on his chest change any of his thoughts that he had at the end of the year at locker room cleanout day about maybe not wanting to be here past this next season in Calgary? Uh, we'll see. That's just one of many questions circling this team right now, and one that uh, no doubt a new GM and a new head coach will have to navigate when they are in place. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, we'll finish out the hour. We're a day away. From round three of the AHL playoffs getting underway here in Calgary, the Wranglers and the Coachella Valley Firebirds uh, from the Saddledome on Thursday. We'll check in with them following practice and uh, see how the Wranglers are getting set for their next playoff series. That's coming up here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, closing out the hour of Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon along with you. Playoff action all over the city of Calgary over the next couple of days, starting with Thursday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's the Calgary Wranglers getting set to face the Coachella Valley Firebirds in the third round of the 2023 Calder Cup playoffs. They, of course, down the Abbotsford Canucks in the Pacific Division semifinal and continue their Calder Cup push Thursday for Game 1. Abbotsford will, or excuse me, uh, the Calgary Wranglers will host the first two games of the third round, while the remaining games of the best of five will be played in uh, Coachella Valley. Tickets on sale right now. You head to calgarywranglers.com slash tickets, and uh, make sure to get to the Scotiabank Saddle, though. Thursday for game one, 
Friday for Game 2. Both of them, 7 o'clock puck drops. You can listen to the games right here with Sandra Persina on the call on Sportsnet 960, the fan. And, uh, yes, they continue their push to get to the Calder Cup Finals and this time against the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And uh, time to catch up with a couple of members of the Calgary Wranglers, including head coach Mitch Love, uh, following practice yesterday. It's been a couple of off days in between games for the Calgary Wranglers, but uh, ready to amp things back up on Thursday. Uh, let's hear from uh, the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, Mitch Love, at practice earlier this week. Yeah, they present a lot of different challenges. I mean, they're a good hockey team. Um, I think we saw that early on in the year, and then you know, it seems like it was about three or four months we went without uh, playing them in any games. Um, we had some meaningful uh, affairs in their building down the stretch. Um, I think that's a little bit more of the makeup of each team, the kind of in, in terms of having their team and team play and all that. Um, they're a really good team. Everybody in the whole league knows that. We know that, and um, you know, it's our challenge will be, um, you know, sticking to our game plan and, and being mature and and managing the games no different than last series it just gets elevated from series to series what are your main takeaways from that first series that you guys are kind of working on heading into this one well i'm not going to say that here right now <laughs> so dan bilesman watches my interview and gives his team <laughs> you know that kind of information so i mean we we, we talk about stuff daily that we got to work on i mean that's uh, I, i'm we're not at that time of year where we can tip our hats here um obviously every series you want to get off to a strong start but with this format of two home games and three away. How important is it to get those first two wins at home? Yeah, it's important. Uh, I, I was asked this question a week ago in Vancouver, why we chose to start at home versus the road. Uh, I don't know. We had a good home record and a good road record. Pick your poison. Uh, you know. So, yeah, of course you want to take advantage of home ice. You want to be good there. But for us, our focus is just on game one and what can we do there to be successful and try to win. And then you worry about the next day, the next day. You weren't thrilled with the performance in game one against against Abbotsford. So what, what do you want to see different here? Just coming with more intensity? Uh, yeah, if you don't have intensity and emotion this time of year, you're in big trouble. You probably shouldn't be playing. Um, so, you know, we got to be real here. We came off 11 days off while the other teams played a best of three. So I don't care who you are, what kind of team you are, your execution isn't going to be there. Your game reps, your game conditioning isn't going to be there. And we made those adjustments, you know, after game one. Our guys were much better in game two against Abbotsford. And, but I, I, you know, knock on wood, I don't expect us to have that, you know, pitiful of an execution performance in game one. Mitch, Adam Klafka gets the series winning goal. How far would you say that he has come since day one of this, even before the start of the regular season, to where he is now? Yeah, a long ways, and then he's still got a long ways to go, you know. But his progression as a player here and, and a person and, and, you know, moving his himself to this country and working on smaller ice and different game, he's come a long ways. And uh, that's a credit to him. Um, his ability to take information and apply it to his game, um, but he's a young player, it's, and, and bigger guys take a little, little bit longer than, than smaller guys out there. Um, but he, he's he's been a, a, a nice story for us this year. How do you feel about him doing the gritty after that uh, <laughs> game four in that first round series? I've never seen that at the HL level. Yeah, we had a coaches meeting on that today, and we were watching that clip <laughs> again. And we were, I, I kind of asked the coaches, like, well, what, what's, what is this all about? I know it's a thing. I know it's a thing. I know the gritty's a thing. My nine-year-old does it. So I... You know, why he did it, I don't know. It must be an inside joke in the, amongst the guys in the locker room. There you go. Mitchell out following practice yesterday for the uh, Calgary Wranglers. 
get to take on the Coachella Valley Firebirds on Thursday in Game 1 at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And quickly before we, we hear from defenseman Colton Pullman, I, just, I love hearing from Mitch Love like that. Um, I think it's a big reason as to why a lot of people in this market look and listen at Mitch Love and see the success he's had with the Calgary Wranglers and wonder if he could be the next head coach of the Calgary Flames. I have no idea about the transition time. I have no idea where he's at when it comes to a list of candidates, but you just like the way that he operates. He's very honest. He's very open. Uh, I like that there's, you know, an honest approach to what he brings. And he said, look, he's, you know, saying, I'm I'm not going to give Dan Biles any type of help heading into this series. I'm, you know, expecting my team to have a certain level of intensity and compete or else we shouldn't be playing at this time of year. It's just, he's not pushing the envelope. He's not, putting it on anybody else but he's just being very honest with the media what he expects from his team and why he answers questions why he doesn't answer a certain question a certain way um there's a lot to like about Mitch Love I think it reflects in his players I think it reflects in the success that he's had being that team's coach the last couple of years make no doubt about it the transition from Stockton to Calgary from an AHL level is a massive change and for the Wranglers to maintain the same level, if not higher level of success that they had in Stockton with Mitch Love as their head coach is a is a real tip in the a real feather in the cap for them, and they've done so well, and they're not done yet. This series against Coachella Valley is going to be a tough one, but uh, like he said, they're just as good at home as they were on the road. They were the best regular season team in the American Hockey League. They are the favorites heading into this series for a reason, and at this point, it would be you know even though it's round three of the playoffs, as good as they've been with an MVP goalie, it would sort of be disappointing to look at this the other way and find that they didn't make it all the way to a finals in the Calder Cup playoffs. So we'll see. It's uh, still a long way to go, but I just it's always encouraging hearing Mitch Love and how he handles business with the media and uh, their front and center when it comes to the, uh, the playoff picture here in Calgary as far as hockey goes right now, and it's uh, very deservedly so for Mitch Love and the Calgary Wranglers. Uh, Colton Pullman, defenseman for the Calgary Wranglers, big steadying force on the back end. Uh, he also spoke to the media following practice yesterday as the Wranglers get set to take on Coachella Valley on Thursday. All right, well, we know this last series was an absolute battle. You guys put in a good effort, but talk to me about your overall thoughts on how you guys did in that one. Um, you know, I liked how we kind of came back in the series. We were, you know, kept sticking to it. You know, things weren't working and we kept going at it and that's kind of just how playoffs are. Things aren't always going to go your way and you just kind of got to forget about it and move on to the next game, next shift, whatever it may be. With the format that you guys have, sort of two at home and then three away, I mean, I know there's not, you guys don't need extra motivation, but how important is it to win these first two? Yeah, for sure. They're they're huge games. Um, every game in a series is, is going to be important. And, you know, to have the two of three format, you know, it's not, you know, it's just kind of the way the way it works with the league. And what do you do? But it's, it makes every game that much more important. When you saw that the format was two, three, what were your initial thoughts about it? It does seem very strange. It's strange. I mean, but it's, I understand it's just something you have to do. And um, it's just, like I said, it's, it makes every game that much more important. Like you gotta make sure to, you know, capitalize when you can and 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 do what you need to do on on those games. So I imagine there aren't many secrets with, between you guys and Coachella Valley. You guys have had each other. Like you guys have been watching each other for a long time at this point, eh? Yeah, we like we've had some good battles this season. I think we were four and four. Like it's gonna be a couple great games. They're they're coming off a big series. Like they're they're a really good team. Um, it's gonna be you know just hard fought battles out there. 
that series against Abbotsford was really physical. And does the impact of the physicality on the playoff hockey ever catch you by surprise? Uh, you always know it's going to be more physical, right? Everyone wants it that much more. Um, and we just got to prepare for that again. Um, you know, they're going to come out bumping, coming out hard. So we just got to try and match that and, and um, keep, keep playing our own brand of, of physical hockey. From the press box, at least, it was like, all right, these teams don't like each other. Is it similar yeah. with the Taliban? Yeah, I mean, that was, it, was a, it was a battle, it was a war, and we got to kind of bring that same mentality um, to this upcoming series. Your takeaways from the younger defensemen on this defensive core as well. You're one of the mentors on this defensive end, but you have guys like Jeremy and Ilya and, and Jan. Who, how do you think how they have played against the playoff? So I think they they've took it in stride pretty well. You know, it's it's always a big thing to play your first couple playoff games and and to do it the way that that they did and just kind of grow with each game. I thought was huge because I mean we're none of us are so perfect back there, and and for them to kind of realize that and say, all right, well, just next shift, you know, or if something happens, and, and they're making plays for us, like. Solo's got a got that goal. Poirier's got a goal or two. I want to say Kuzi's just playing some strong minutes for us back there. Like it's, it's huge when you have guys that can do that for you. There you go, defenseman Colton Pullman checking in after practice for the Calgary Wranglers. Like I mentioned, game one against Coachella Valley comes up on Thursday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Tickets still available at CalgaryWranglers.com/tickets. Uh, if you're unaware, the Coachella Valley Firebirds are the American League. Uh, affiliate of the Seattle Kraken. This is their first year in the American Hockey League. A couple of names uh, to watch out for on their roster. Uh, Joey Decord's got some NHL time, as you might remember, uh, from a, a few different performances across the league. Uh, but yes, obviously up front, uh, you're going to look no further than uh, the one and only Shane Wright. Uh, snubbed by Montreal, one would say. Uh, at the NHL draft, fell a couple spots uh, to Seattle now uh, after an up. And what a year he's had now to be in the playoffs. Starting the year with Seattle, so he's snubbed by Montreal. Gives him the I dirty look. I was literally look. having this conversation with my friends last night. Right? So he goes goes to Seattle, is like in and out of the lineup. And they're like, okay, go to the World Juniors. Captains the World Junior team to gold. Go Canada. Love it. Then they go, ah, look, we're probably not going to use you in Seattle much. Why don't you go back to junior? I know you don't have a lot to prove in junior, but go back to junior this year and we'll pick things up next year. He gets traded in junior to Windsor, I believe. I want to make sure that's, I think he got traded to Windsor. And they did not do well in the playoffs. And he did not have nearly the extended postseason that the Seattle Kraken were hoping for. Da, 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 da. Windsor, yes. Starts, uh, so goes 20 games with Windsor. Puts up great points. Uh, 37 points in 20 games at the OHL level. Only gets four playoff games. They get swept in the first round. Now, he goes back to Coachella Valley in the AHL and gets eight games in the regular season. He's now played as many regular season games as he has postseason games with Coachella Valley. He's got three points in those eight games. So NHL, AHL, OHL, and World Juniors all in the last calendar year for the 19-year-old Shane Wright, who uh, was the fourth overall pick in last year's NHL draft. That's going to be a long year for Shane Wright. Nonstop hockey, baby. Just don't don't bother... You know, getting comfy anywhere. Into Seattle, into Coachella Valley, 
into Windsor, and then obviously with the with Team Canada. Uh, and now I don't know if you knew this, Taylor, but uh, we have a big uh, big controversy here. There's a certain member of the Seattle uh, AHL team that we have to bring up here. Do you know who that is? I'm going to be honest. I have no idea who's on any AHL team. Ah, uh, well, Cam's by the mic over there. We should. Cam, you never told us you were a member of the uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds. I'm. Uh, I'm apparently in a, or my namesake is in a number of sporting categories. There's a. There's a super fan who goes around the league and is like paid to hype people up. Who has the same name as me? So I'm here. Whoa, I'm, what? If you search my name. There's a guy who gets paid to go into arenas, I'm pretty sure just in the States, and he just goes and he's like a professional hype man for crowds. And he has the same name as me. For, so for what sport? Any I, sport? I think it's hockey, but I think everything. Um, and he then, is a sports entertainer and yeah. public speaker. He, his Wik, he has a Wikipedia and uh, says... Cameron Hughes is a Canadian crowd igniter, professional speaker, and sports entertainment. Yeah. Cameron is paid by sports teams to attend their games and energize fans. Wouldn't you just hire your in-arena host? Well, I was going to say, isn't that what your host is supposed to do? This guy is... He's got a book. He has a book. Called The King of Cheer... Stories of showing up, getting up, and never giving up from the world's most electrifying crowd igniter. You know what? This dude kind of looks like Cam in the future. Oh, no. This dude is something else. So there's that. Okay, so yeah, if you're wondering where this came from, we're going through, obviously, some names to watch for on the Coachella Valley Firebirds, and one of them... Uh, number 19 just happens to share the name of one of my outstanding producers, Cameron Hughes. So, Cameron, you have a doppelganger yeah. on Coachella Valley, and then you informed us here of this dude. This guy. Who has his own website, Professional Crowd Igniter. And there's another one. There's a guy. There's a wine company. Like a, a I don't know what are they called. Like a, a place that makes wine. Um Named after another one of my names. A winery. A winery. Thank you. Named <laughs> after myself. So there's, there, I'm everywhere. The thing of wine, obviously. I'm everywhere. I kind of want to see if we can book this King of Cheer guy onto the show. Because he that would is be the day. Fascinating. <laughs> Give me twenty minutes, and he I. He looks happen. like he is just on something. He looks like he's like he's amped up. Every photo is him in a different team's uniform. And he is essentially a I guess he's paid to be that crazy fan. How do you get that job? You gotta be he really says, good. NHL, NBA, NFL, <laughs> MLB. U.S. Open Tennis, the Olympics, <laughs> Rugby World Seven, CFL, NCAA, ECHL, guys everywhere, and the American Hockey League. The photos <laughs> of this guy are insane. 
He is in Vegas crowds. He's like crowd surfing. You know what? I'd actually hate this guy, though. Because if you were there and you were like getting hyped up with him and he was in your section and you're going nuts and you're like, I just had the best moment ever with a fellow fan, but you found out that they paid, paid him to be here. This is, and it, like, I don't even know about the, he's got the book. You can get signed copies of the book. King of Cheer. Cameron's unconventional story and career path has inspired millions of people around the world. I'm inspired right now. Look, I think we're going a bit. Oh, I want to read some of the reviews here. Say nice things if you want to have them on later. Millions of people. Millions of people. How many people go to these? I mean, you, you talk about Inspired the Olympics. millions of people. The U.S. Open. Uh, I don't know. How Why big. is the U.S. Open hiring this guy? I don't understand. I'm sorry, but have you seen a tennis match? Dude, like, is it just this guy's just going <laughs> nuts every time the YMCA comes on. I'm so confused about a Cam Hughes that is doppelganging my... Is <laughs> doppelganging my producer. The, uh, and it's led text. to the craziest job I think I've ever heard of in my life. We got a text coming. Apparently, he's been at the Saddle Dome. Got the crowd going for sure. Amped up when he was here. One of his moves is to wear numerous team-branded t-shirts and then peel them off to throw at the fans as he makes his way down whatever section he's in. Man. This one text says he was discovered at the World Juniors Tournament like 15 years ago. Check Seriously, check this out. CameronHughes.tv is his website. If you're curious about this guy that we're talking about, I guess he just gets paid. Well, he just gets paid to the dot TV address too is a huge, a, a master huge of the fan experience. Cameron Hughes has fired up crowds everywhere from the Olympics, the NBA finals, the NFL, U.S. Oh. Open, international rugby, all-star games. This is a good line. He makes each audience member feel like they're the star of the show orchestrating unforgettable moments they'll cherish forever <laughs> this is unforgettable already for me wow ryan o'dowd of sports illustrated is quoted as there are seven billion people on the planet only one as unique as cameron hughes no one can work a crowd like him that's absolutely right, buddy. <laughs> Taylor's laughing over there. I love this one. There's one from Raphael Nadal that just says, this guy was really, really amazing. That's all. Novak Djokovic, quote, he possesses the skills that I admire very much. <laughs> this is high praise. What in the world? I still love the inspired millions of people by, I don't know, taking <laughs> off his shirt. Just throwing shirts at people. And the more and more texters at 960-960 seem to think that this apparently he's been at Flames games. 
I do not remember this guy at Flames Games. Uh, this guy is sexy. He's a crazy dancing, clapping t-shirt guy, wears tons of shirts, peels them off while dancing up and down the stairs and throwing them into the stands. I've never seen this guy before, let alone the fact that he shares the name with my producer. And he's been doing it for 30 years, he says. That's incredibly successful. 1,500 events. Okay, wow. maybe millions is an accurate number. Okay, well, it's the inspired millions that I... He got Connor McDavid to quote his book. Oh, my God. To say something <laughs> about his book. Connor, the king of personality, McDavid said, <laughs> I've never seen anyone get a crowd buzzing like Cameron. His new book has the same passion and energy he brings to the games. Do we, does Connor McDavid know that many words? Apparently. <laughs> and if that guy can get Connor McDavid fired up, he can get anybody fired up. Not to mention he's also a motivational speaker who's spoken for Indeed, Coca-Cola, the LA Kings, and many others. Crazy, man. Apparently people are saying this. Yeah, he's been in Vegas for sure. Text line guy said... He's been in Vegas. Half his website, he must be popular at Vegas games because he's half of them are at Golden Knights games. Uh, not to mention, his videos continue to garner millions of views around the world, over 50 million on TikTok since September 22. Well, there you go, Gen Zers who love your TikToks. Behind the king of, I love that he calls himself the king of cheer. I would, if, if this was my job, I would also. But behind the King of Cheer, guys, a uniquely human story, okay? Oh, he recounts the, the highs and lows of his improbable journey. From his lifelong struggles with ADHD to a moment that would shape the rest of his life, King of Cheer is a transcendent celebration of the human spirit. I, look, I'm I going straight to chapters after work today. <laughs> I'm getting this ordered. I'll give him. I'll give him this much. It is an improbable story to be the only guy get, that gets paid to go to games and, I guess, just peel off your T-shirt. Multiple of them and share the name <laughs> with Layers my producer. Of t-shirts, buddy. I don't know if we. Maybe we're gonna get the King of Cheer on. If the guy will come on for free. And maybe we can get him to boast about his book, Taylor. Maybe that's emails we'll, already sent. That's how we'll sell it to him. We'll promote the book. You Talk come about on the book. You come on here. I'll chat with my namesake, and you come here and you tell us about all these crazy. Like he's standing on chairs. He's like on top of people. This is the. This might be my new favorite version of Cam Hughes. Oh. With all due respect to my producer, that's brutal. I mean, I, I get might it. like crazy fan Cam Hughes more than I like uh, radio player, uh, radio producer Cam Hughes. You know, if I could get paid to do that in the stands, yeah, I probably <laughs> would. But apparently, he's he's got the story. He's got the the God given talent to get in the stands. We got to get him back to Flames games. That's what we got to do here. Yeah. A couple, more than a couple people said he's been at Flames games. Said it was younger time, like younger Flames teams when they brought him on. Maybe we need to bring him back. Before we get into the dome, we got to bring crazy fan Cam Hughes back.
one more time before we say goodbye to the Saddle Dome. <laughs> I honestly thought this was just going to be quickly being like, hey, Cam, you share a name with a guy on the Coachella Valley Firebirds. <laughs> and we haven't and even turned, gotten... it turned into this massive thing about this guy that gets paid to do games. And we haven't even gotten into the wine guy. Oh. Don't well, get me don't started on the wine, guy. the wine guy. That's enough Cameron uses for today. Yeah, that's more than enough for um, a lifetime. Yeah. I we'll mean, get... if we want to talk about wine, we can talk about Taco Bell. We'll wine. get more. Uh, we'll get more. Uh, maybe we'll get more Taylor Dingman um, impersonations on the show next. But uh, <laughs> I don't think there are any. The, the this Cam Hughes guy is something else. Maybe we can bring him on the show. We'll see. Uh, we have wasted a segment we need to get out of here hockey central 960 with Haley salvians coming up now she's probably listening to this uh at her place but like, what in the hell are these guys talking about but uh we'll explain it later enjoy the hockey games tonight get as fired up as cam hughes does the ultimate super fan or check out his website cameronhughes.tv you got the leafs and the panthers at five you got the golden knights and the oilers at eight both of them on sportsnet you can listen to them here on sportsnet 960 We will be back tomorrow for a Thursday edition of Break It All Down here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.